Hello, hello, ladies and gentlemen. Here we are, another exciting episode of the Hardly Millennial Podcast, where we are young, dumb, and full of opinions, folks. Opinions, ladies and gentlemen. Um, my name is Adam, and across from me I have... Matthew Lynn. Hello, I'm here for another one. Here for another one. And I'm actually, so I'm really excited for today's topics, <laughs> because it's stuff that I'm really into. It's a theme that I'm really into. But before we get into any of those topics, Matthew has had this story for a Postmates story that he's wanted to tell, but he wanted to wait for the podcast. So I want to hear that first. Guys, something really weird happened to me yesterday. Okay. Weirdest thing that's happened to me for the whole year so far. So I have to kick this off by starting out with, if anyone doesn't know what Postmates is, it's a service where you order food. You don't want to go pick it up. You ask Postmates, they'll bring it to you. Okay. Now mm-hmm. we're all up to speed. <laughs> so I'm sitting in my room yesterday, and I, I room on the second floor, and mm-hmm. the window of my room looks out into the carport, like the front of the house, right? Okay. So I'm laying there, and all of a sudden I hear a ring at the doorbell, okay? And I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm the only one home, but I'm not positive. I okay. know that you were at work, and I know Justin was at work. Okay. There's a fourth roommate that I wasn't sure if they were home or not. So I go, and I answer the door. And when I open it, there's um, a middle-aged woman, a very short middle-aged woman, and she hands me a Coca-Cola in a glass bottle and says, here's a Coke. Just like that. Just here's a Coke. And get... So in my mind, the first thing I'm thinking is I don't want to pay for this Coke. Right. Okay. But then the next thing I'm thinking is maybe this is like a public service announcement or like some kind of... Um, like Middle she's protesting something or something. So I was like, okay. So I was like, thanks. I appreciate it. Right. And she goes, I'm from Postmates. You ordered a Coke, right? Now, Adam, I need to tell you, I did not order Postmates. <laughs> and I knew I did not order Postmates. Okay. But I was like, oh, yeah. Postmates. Uh... I totally forgot. My bad. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And she's like, yeah, no problem. The guy with the burrito is right behind me. He should be here in just a minute. <laughs> And I was like, in my head, I'm like, fucking cool, you know? But I'm thinking, like, this is getting out of control. You know what I mean? So I'm like, okay, thanks. So I close the door. Right. And I scurry up the stairs. And I, I ask, I, I call out to the fourth roommate. I don't get an answer. And I go knock on their door. and Nobody's home, dude. Okay. So I'm like, I don't know where the fuck this came from. So I'm thinking in my head. I'm like, I hope it's a bean and cheese burrito. I hope it's a good burrito that I like. You know, I'm like, what kind right. of burrito am I getting? So I see a car pull up. Okay. So I start running down the stairs to greet my burrito, right? I'm like, hell yeah. And I throw the door open, and there's um, a young guy standing in the street, and I hear someone yelling. And I hear them yelling off from my right. They go, are you, in, are you from Postmates? Are you, it's over here. It's over here. And it was the neighbor, Adam. The neighbor was in his front yard. So immediately, I'm trying to calculate in my head. I'm like, I really want this burrito, but I don't think the burrito is going to happen. Uh-huh. Maybe I can save the Coke, right? Okay. So I try to dip out. I try to real nonchalantly like start walking back from oh, the edge. Oh, you were outside. Of, I was outside. I was out like by the front door. We have this little porch area. Okay. I was at the end of the porch. I tried to walk back, okay? And the neighbor saw me, and he was like, hey, man, um, I ordered Postmates, and I think they got it wrong. And I was like, Fuck. So I was like, yeah, bro, I, I think I have your Coca-Cola over here, man. <laughs> so the last funny part of the story is I grabbed the Coke, and I don't have any shoes on. Okay. And the neighbor doesn't have any shoes on either. 
Okay, and there's a lot of like pokey rocks between me and the neighbor, between my front porch and his front porch. Right. So I'm holding his Coca-Cola at the edge of the porch, and I'm like, hey, man, here's your Coke. And he's like, oh, thanks, bro. And he looks back over and just starts talking on his phone. He's like just looking at his phone. And I'm like, I have your Coke right here, you know. Here you go, man. And he's like, and he looks up real quick, and he's like, oh, yeah, thanks. I appreciate it, dude. And he keeps going on his phone. So what? I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'm going to bring you your Coca-Cola. So I real dramatically, like, walked over the rocks and was like, ow, ooh, you know, like that. It didn't hurt, but I was just dramatic about right. it. And uh, he he was like, oh, thanks so much. And he gave me, like, the pound, like, you know, when you, like, ball your fist up and you right. pound it. He did that. And I was completely just, like, cheated out of my burrito <laughs> that wasn't mine. Oh, my gosh. What a story. <laughs> it was crazy. We don't, guys, we don't have a lot of interactions with the neighbors. But so far, the interactions we have had with the neighbors <laughs> have always just been weird. Because this was, was this the people to the, the right of us or the left of us? If you're looking out the front door, uh-huh. it was to the right. To the right of us. Okay, so we had an instance with the people to the left of us. Oh, the ones who yell? Where, yeah, the ones oh, that gosh, yell. Oh, gosh, yeah. And we used, to have, uh, <laughs> we used to have turkeys that lived here. And one of the turkeys, when they were just getting big enough to be able to fly, flew in. Like to, flew into the neighbor's yard? To the neighbor's yard to I the think left. I remember that. Yeah. And Justin had to go over there. I wasn't here for this, but Justin told me the story where he had to go over. He had to knock on the door and be like, hey, my turkey's in your backyard. <laughs> my turkey just flew over. And he said he he said it was so embarrassing because he's in their backyard trying to chase after this turkey. Meanwhile, like this family and these like little kids are just like watching him awkwardly. Like, oh, look <laughs> at this grown ass man. chase after this turkey in our yard. And. <laughs> Guys, we live very much in a developed, like, little town. We live town. in suburbia, um, yeah. Yeah, they are the cookie-cutter houses right next to it. So I don't know that you're really supposed to have two turkeys. Yeah, I don't know. I'm sure We it's, did it. Yeah, we did it. I'm sure it's just as long as they don't make noise, which, to be fair, they were quiet. But, I mean, they, they could fly. Oh, they could fly. And so, but, so now both of our experiences with neighbors have been, you know, turkeys or stealing burritos and Coke. To top it all off, too, the neighbor behind us uh, has a dog oh my that likes to jump up on the wall yes. and walk along the wall. It's a zoo around here, guys. Yeah, I found that dog that Matthew was talking about I found in our yard once. It's the dog from the uh, update video. If you guys have seen the update video. That one. Hear, that's the dog. That's the dog that likes to bark a lot. It's Yeah, it is quite a zoo. With this. There's, it there's, is. It's total chaos. We have a cat problem, too. There's so many cats. Well, listen. Me and you, we own cats. Right. And we do not have a cat problem. No, no, The no. neighborhood oh, yeah, has yeah. a cat That's problem. That's what I'm referring to. Yeah, there's, there's just what, a... eight feral, feral cats? Yeah, I name all of them. There's there's Harley 2, there's Dick Bitch, there's Bitch <laughs> Dick, there's Ginger. Like, I, oh, yeah, they're I've, great. I've given them all names. So Adam will keep his uh, windows slightly rolled down at night. And when he goes to work in the morning, sometimes the cats will actually jump out from inside his car. Trust me, the first time I saw that, that was the last time I had my windows rolled down at all. Because, yeah, one time I came out to my car about to go to work and Ginger, this little orange frail cat that runs around our neighborhood, all of a sudden just hightailed it out of my car. And I was like, oh, you fucking bitch. Like, 
At least she didn't, you know, pee in there or anything. Yeah, thank God. Because that was the first thing when I walked in or got into that car. I was like, I swear to God, if this smells like cat piss, I'm going to kill a cat today. I'm going to hunt it. I'm going to wait. I'm going to lay in. I'm going to have like a slingshot with like a dart on the other end. I'm just, oh. Well, Ginger lived another day. Ginger lived another day. And she continues to live. She, he, whatever it is. I don't want to assume her his gender but that's not the point of today folks the point of today adam he really put some thought into this what what are we discussing today adam yeah so we're we're discussing things in regards to like space or the planet or just you know outer space yeah oh that's fun i was looking for topics to discuss and i came across one topic and all of a sudden i came across another one and all of a sudden realized like oh these all have to do with like space or the moon or planets what did you find my friend what's what's going on in outer space well one thing i wanted to touch on and i actually have been reading little articles about this for the past uh few days so it's been kind of a hot topic in the news regardless is about nasa's uh, Mars rover opportunity is now going to be like retiring. So he's Oh, I heard about that it ran out of battery or something. Yeah, so done. so NASA, I believe the tweet that they it was a tweet and it was like a picture that the opportunity had took and they had in quotes my battery is low and it's getting dark. And there were <laughs> there were people and there were people like retweeting it who were saying that like they were legitimately crying because of this Aww. news and now is that the quintessential Mars rover like when you say Mars is that the one that they're talking about so so no I think the one that they talk about now is Curiosity I think Curiosity is this the older one the one this is the older one so I believe that that one mm-hmm. was made at the U of A which is actually in my hometown. One of them might have been because there were two that launched. So there was Opportunity and then there was another one called Spirit that I think launched a month afterwards. So one of those. One of them was either developed made. Or, or made at, at the U of A. That's cool University though. University of Arizona. That's really cool. Yeah. They, yeah. Uh, those are the ones that I think it was 2004 when those launched up. And they were only supposed Sounds to... Sounds right. I was young. Yeah. They were only supposed to run like a 90 soul, uh, soul as what a day is on Mars, a 90 soul How mission. Long is that on Earth? So th- that's about 92 days. About three months. Here on Earth. Yeah. About okay. three months. So 90 souls? Yeah. So... It's 27 years. Did I do that math right? No, no. 90 souls is in 92 days. It was only supposed to be like a three month mission for these rovers. And they ended up just like massively exceeding their lifespan. But a day is an Earth three months. No, no, that's not what I'm saying at all. Oh, I'm, you mean it was supposed to be like an Earth three months? One, like, yeah, like 90 oh, wow. souls equates to 92 Earth days. Oh, yeah. oh, gotcha. Yeah, so yeah, it's just yeah. about one for one. Yeah, yeah, just exactly. About. Almost. Okay. Just slight differences. Just that is just quite excuse the length of Excuse, excuse my brain. I have a millennial brain. It <laughs> takes me a minute. But uh, so those ones launched in 2004. I I believe Spirit was the one that at one point got stuck. And when it got stuck, it was using all of its battery power to get unstuck and then lost battery power. Wasn't there one called Odyssey? I don't think so. I'm not I'm not 100% sure on that. Maybe that was like a probe or something. That might have been like a probe. But I know there was the – I know there's Spirit. There's Opportunity. And unless I'm just totally remembering it wrong, I'm pretty sure just within the past like five years, we launched another one and that was Curiosity or probably more than five years ago now. 
Interesting. But I think Curiosity is the most recent one. So what do these things do? They obviously, they like have wheels, right? So they roll around yeah, on so Mars. They, they take like dirt samples Yeah, and stuff? they take dirt samples. Uh, specifically, Opportunity and Spirit were sent up there to see if they could find traces of water. They find anything? That was there. Um, I don't think, I think they were able to find that not find water itself, but they were able to see that, oh, the gravel behaves as something that once came in contact with water. Oh, they were able to kind of find okay. that. And I think Curiosity is the one that discovered that there are like ice beds on Mars. Oh, well, and an ice would mean water. Ice would mean right? water, exactly. Usually. It could so, be frozen something else, but yeah, usually it's water. Well, no, they're, they're pretty confident it's water. So I'm not mistaken that like Mars... We think it used to be like Earth, right? Mm -hmm. And then something happened and its atmosphere got like ripped away. Yeah. Which made all the water evaporate and shit. So the theory is the Earth is in something in our solar system called the habitable zone. So Goldilocks zone. The Goldilocks zone, exactly. So it's it's just far away enough from our sun where it doesn't burn us up, but we're not far enough to where we freeze. Right. So it's the Goldilocks zone. So now when a star is born a star will expand out more uh, and get bigger than like it will be on it for most of its life. And right. then it like shrinks down to like the size that it's going to be. Okay. Gotcha. So they believe that during the time, and remember we're talking about on an astronomical s- scale. So the, you know, like it's millions ex- of years. It, so shit. it's expanding out like this for millions and millions of years before it decon or decompresses, I guess I should say. Or shrinks. Shrinks. But, yeah, gotcha, gotcha. But uh, so they believe at the time when the sun was expanding, the habitable zone was obviously in a different place. So whereas Earth might have been in its very oh. early stages of being this very volcanic, very volatile environment and planet to be on, Mars was existing in the habitable zone and possibly could have been a habitable planet long enough for intelligent life. While the sun was still expanding, Mm because that takes so long for it to do. And there's actually theories out there that say that there were Martians, and they looked like us, they evolved to be like us, and they came down here when the Mars started to become uninhabitable and created, you know, new life here. But so I mean, but those are so now the sun is like. It shrunk to its size. It's going to be until it dies. Until it dies, yeah. So now we're in the zone that's good for life, but Mars is a little bit yes. outside of it now. Mm-hmm. And then when the sun dies, it will expand again and actually eat up like everything up to Mars, I believe. It'll expand that much. So I've heard a lot about um, Elon Musk mm-hmm. and SpaceX. Yeah, They're, he really wants to get to Mars. Yeah, he's super into I think there's actually a quote by him. I hate to mess up a quote, but it's something along the lines of, I want to die on Mars, just not on impact. Yeah, I've never Something heard like of that. that. Yeah, before, he want, he said, I believe like, he said it though. He means like he wants to grow old in a, on a colony on Mars, right. not actually yeah. die like from a disaster when he lands. Right. I I have heard him in different press conferences and such talking about how he he truly does not understand why we have not put more into going to Mars. Because he goes, there's there's absolutely no reason for us to not be an interplanetary species. Right. But I've also watched videos on what it would take to colonize Mars. 
And I mean, it's it's no fucking easy process. Well, I mean, the With, first step is you have to get there. Well, it's getting there, and the, but even once you get there, dude, like I I went through a whole uh, about a week ago where I was looking oh, at all these videos, yeah, all these videos and on YouTube and such about like what it would take to colonize Mars. And dude, I would be so shocked if we were able to do it in our lifetime, given all the information I know really? now. Yeah, you know how much a billion dollars will buy. Well, I know how much a billion. I'm not saying that we can't get to Mars, but as far as actually like call, like being able Elon to say we have there. a colony on Mars, I don't think will be in our lifetime. But I think Elon Musk is the start of that. I would think, wouldn't it be more logical to have a colony on the moon first? Like, let's get some people living on the moon and then go to Mars. There's, there's definitely been arguments about that, but I think uh, with going to Mars, I think part of it is just the you know, the kind of diamonds in your eyes of, oh my gosh, to be, to have a colony on Mars, to be able to say you have that on a different planet, not a moon, a planet. And then I think it's also just, there's, there's better chance to be able to grow. Like right now we, you can't grow anything on Mars, right? The soil is just toxic, but, but as far as trying to make, I don't know what the process is, I guess terraforming would be be called terraforming. uh, Terraforming. Of making the soil something that you could grow something well, in I think would be a is lot. Putting like an, an atmosphere around it, right? So that but, it can start to grow like greenery and shit like that. Well, I think terraforming refers more generally to just transform. So if you're able to terraform the like, dirt, you can into, terraform the earth. Yeah. Okay. I gotcha, think so. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. I could be wrong, but I, I think it's a more general term. But anyways, I think the reason why we would go to Mars and not the moon first is because there's a better chance to maybe be able to terraform something that possibly once grew something as to something that never grew something at all. Just a a rock. Yeah. I gotcha. Uh, Well, we were talking about getting there. Um, I saw an article, it was either this morning or yesterday, Mm -hmm. um, that was talking about Elon and how he plans to get there. And he actually, um, he's developing a whole different kind of rocket. Um, so I've, I've, those are the ones he's testing that can land, right? Well, no, no. It like so that in the past was to recycle a rocket. So okay. right now, like NASA, they shoot this rocket off, and the rocket costs like let's say a billion dollars, just to make it an easy number, right? right? Uh, and then when it comes back, it burns up or goes into the ocean or crash. Like they can't reuse it, right? So Elon Musk developed um, the system to where it could land. Um, particularly what's really cool is it can actually land on a floating platform in the ocean that's moving. Oh, wow. Which is really fantastic. Yeah. That's what took him an extra minute is to get <laughs> that part. Um, so he can recycle his rockets in theory right now. I don't know if he actually has done that yet. I want to say he has. But at least in theory, he could recycle a billion-dollar rocket. Wow. So that saves a lot of money. Right. But what I found is so right now the design of a space rocket, okay, is like these, I'm going to use the word clay, but they're probably not made of clay. Right. They're these tiles that are all over the outside of the rocket ship. Okay. And these tiles get super duper red hot when the ship goes in and out of atmospheres. So as you, not so much out, I guess, I think it's in. Mm-hmm. So when you leave the Earth's atmosphere, you're good. But when you re-enter the Earth's atmosphere... It, you get super, super hot because there's mm-hmm. a lot of friction going on. You're falling right. towards Earth really quickly. Right. Same dealio when you're going through Mars. Um, it gets really hot. Right. So Especially what, Mars. A lot of CO2. Yeah. What? So instead of using these tiles that they've always done, 
Elon Musk is developing a rocket made out of complete stainless steel. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way it cools itself off is it basically sweats. So it uses part of the rocket fuel that it's burning to move itself. Part of that goes underneath. There's like a layer of plating between the metal on uh-huh. the outside and then the inner layer of the rocket ship. There's a there's a middle. There's a like a it'd be like a jelly filled middle kind of. Gotcha. And that middle is this liquid that would absorb the heat and dissipate it. Isn't that isn't that a very similar system to what they did for I can't, gosh well, I can't remember what they're called but the little uh, the little housing compartments they would they used to put like the old Apollo astronauts in and it would just like drop to the earth they like looked like cones so that's like the nose of the uh, spaceship right but didn't that also have like a sweating thing that it did like as it was dropping in it would almost sweat to try to absorb the heat I remember reading not that I know it that. I always assumed and was under the impression that there's like um. A shield plating right. on the bottom of that cone, and when they come into the atmosphere, they use little jets to aim themselves, uh-huh. so that that bottom plating is what's getting all the friction. I so see. that protects them. So if that nose okay. cone were to wobble when it was right. coming back into Earth, or were to spin 180 degrees, uh-huh. they would burn up and die. Right. It literally has to be like perfect that this bottom part is what takes all the friction. Okay, that makes sense. I, I remember reading something. There's a really sweating, cool but... game, actually, for any of the gamers out there. It's called Kerbal Space Program. Okay. Oh, I think I've, is this where you create your own space station? You literally and... create your own spaceships, your own rocket. It has real physics. I was in gonna it. say it's accurate. Um, it's very accurate. And your little Kerbals are these little green people, mm-hmm. and you start out by building planes and stuff, and eventually right. you get them to outer space. Right. And you have to really calculate trajectories, and you have to. You have to do math because yeah. if you mess up one thing along the way, your whole course is off. It, it was funny. I saw somebody, I think it was when I was in college, I was in class and saw somebody playing that game once. And of course, immediately I'm like, oh, fuck, I love space. This looks like something yeah, I'd be but great it's hard at. to play. Well, exactly. And then I was like, as I would watch him play it longer and I saw all the math and shit that was involved, I was like, oh, no, thank so you. The thing about moving around in outer space. And I'm, I'm no astronaut and no physicist, but it's not so much that you're using fuel and like shooting out these jets to propel, to propel yourself. Right. You do that, but really there's a lot of slingshotting going on when you're in outer space. Oh yeah, you use the gravity to you your use the gravitational pull. So you'll, you'll use your boosters to, to get speed up and then you'll go around a planet, make a whole orbit around it, and use your boosters to get out of that orbit. Yeah. Which will then slingshot you to the Back next to where you need to go. celestial mm-hmm. body, which and we kind of we're like ping pong balls when we go through space. That's kind of how we do it. I think that's how they did it for the for saving the astronauts in the Apollo 13 mission. They were supposed to go to the moon and then in order to be able to get them home on limited fuel, they had them actually slingshot, go, slingshot around the moon and it just shot them back to Earth. They do it in a lot of um, space movies. Mm-hmm. I think in Armageddon, uh, they when they're going to destroy the asteroid that's uh-huh. going to hit the Earth, they miss the asteroid the first time, and they actually have to slingshot around Earth or something to try to get it again. Oh, that's right. I, or I they're running that. out of time; they have less time than they thought. So, so to build up speed, they slingshot around the Earth. Or yeah, something re- like that. I remember that. That was. Oh, it's man. a great movie. 
I love that that song from that movie, dude. There were uh, what was it? The Aerosmith did that song. God, what the fuck was it? I have no idea what you're talking about. There was like a famous song that came from that movie. uh, Dream On? No, it wasn't Dream On. It was like, I'm trying to forget you. Yeah, Yeah, like that. Is that from Armageddon? Yeah, that was Armageddon. That was like the theme song for that. Yeah. Oh, and I remember it just got so, like I had friends that were just so enamored with that song. I trust you. I just don't believe you. Well, that's okay. You don't have to believe me. I've seen Armageddon me. a lot. I've never heard that song in it. Well, I'm definitely correct on that one. Oh. I know. I let's... can see it in your eyes, too. Let's... You look like you're correct. Oh, I know I'm correct. <laughs> 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 I know you are wrong in this, <laughs> in this right. situation. Well, I, I guess I trust you. Liv Tyler was in that movie, too. Is Aerosmith's uh, daughter. Well, not Aerosmith's daughter. It's Steve Tyler's daughter. The whole the band whole band. A daughter. Like, we're going to create kin. And we will call her Liv Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> But no, the oh, interesting. But anyways, the the planet stuff and the Mars stuff is really interesting. Um, but like I said, I think we'll get to Mars in our lifetime. But as far as being able to, being able to say as a human species that we have a colony on Mars, I think is something more likely that our children will see and be able to say. We'll just be able to say we landed on Mars. I've always said I think I think it'll be in our lifetime. You think so? I think so, dude. Well, because I always think that the first thing you would have to do is get equipment there, right? So you would bring right. whatever you can on the first trip, but you'd have to assume that that's not enough or not even enough manpower. I, I mean, think Elon's new rocket, this stainless steel one, was meant to carry 100 passengers and 100 tons of really? cargo. A hundred passengers? A hundred people and a hundred tons of cargo, which is, and a ton is 2,000 pounds. I mean... So 200,000 pounds of cargo. But to manage... I mean, you look at the International Space Station, for example, and that thing's fucking huge. And there's only, I think, like five people that are in that thing at a time, you know, and they're all confined in this small space for months at a time. Small space, pun. <laughs> but the small space... Uh, for large amounts of time, and I feel like if you put a hundred people in a rocket, like that, that rocket better be like a space station. Yeah, I think you it's know? all about what it's developed to do. Like this, the International Space Station was never meant to carry people to another place. Right. So it works perfectly for what it was built for. But it also takes, I think, God, how long does it take? I want to say like two years i think to get to mars i was gonna say like three to so, five yeah so I, something like that i, I think, think it's like it, three years or yeah something. so i mean you're now you're talking about having to you know entertain people a hundred people well, in a not a, even that but i think that the longest a person a human has been in space just recently happened in the last year or two it wasn't a guy, that long a guy spent one think. year in mm-hmm. space yeah. i'm pretty sure that he did he was he hit the year mark yeah and the issue is that um, there's no gravity, mm-hmm. obviously. So our bones were created to have pressure on them mm-hmm. of, of the gravity pushing on us. And when you take that pressure away, you take that gravity away, um, our bones, they start to develop like osteoporosis, yeah. which is where you start to get like Swiss cheese almost. You know how Swiss cheese has holes in it? Yeah. Well, your bones start to become porous. Mm-hmm. They start to kind of do the Swiss cheese thing. 
So there was this interesting theory off, off of how gravity affects your body. There was this interesting theory that came up that somebody came up with based off of a picture that was taken of a few astronauts who had been in space for a long amount of time. Right. And another thing that happens, aside from what you were saying, is your blood also disperses differently throughout your body because there's no See. gravity to kind of bring it your heart where is it's current. Exactly. Yeah. So but what that ends up happening is a lot of blood goes like it gets evenly distributed is what happens. And when they were looking at pictures of these astronauts that had been in space for a long period of time, they noticed that their heads were almost looked like they were swollen. And because their heads looked like they were swollen, their eyes looked more like slitted back and everything. Like and, the alien picture. And they started to look like the gray aliens. Yeah. Like the typical picture of an alien. Exactly. I wonder if that's how that came to be. Someone did the science on it. Well, I don't think so because I think that classic look of the gray alien has been around even before we were getting into space. I think oh, that was I think that was always a science fiction thing because we knew about space for years before we were going into it. But right, I mean, we could see it. But like, so I think that look came before that. But it was just very interesting that. That is interesting. You know, so it makes you think like, because there's also the theory that what UFOs and aliens that, you know, we see are actually just time travelers, right? Coming back to collect information from the earth. Have you ever heard that theory before? I've heard that theory yeah. before. Yeah. But if going off of that theory, if we find that humans, when they're in space for a long amount of time, start to develop these body deformities. And then if you're talking about that happening on a large scale where they start mating and having kids. Well, I was and... just going to say on the note of mating, um, I don't think that anyone's ever been pregnant in space. No, I don't think they would ever allow so, that. Well, if you're talking about 100 people over three years that's you gotta true. have men and women you're right they're gonna be fucking you dude. would literally have to have like a no sex policy and nobody's gonna follow a no well, sex policy uh, well regardless of that you have to have sex at some point you have mm -hmm. to keep the colony going right so we have no idea how a, a baby would develop in the womb in in low gravity that's true plus you're talking about like as soon as you get to mars not only do you have to build this colony but now you also have to have a way for, I mean, what's the use of these recycled rockets if you can't get it back to Earth after it gets to Mars? You know what I mean? And well, I bring... think they have shit on Mars that we could turn into fuel. I think that they can they can already do that. I think they can well, take like a machine and have it suck in the CO2 and have it pump out fuel. Well, maybe, but you still have to build the structure to hold the rocket before it ever takes off and make sure you have the space to do any kind of maintenance you have to do on it and the technology with you to do whatever kind of maintenance on it. I mean, it's, well, it's like, not easy. Oh, Certainly not. not easy. But I think that they can do the 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 blasting off. Like haven't they had um probes and stuff that and like rovers that have landed and then blasted back off i mean i think so well actually, i actually don't know i actually, don't know if anything's actually, ever blasted no. off when i'm when i'm thinking about it i, I, don't I think, think once it's there have. it's stuck there yeah because they had the one that they shot onto that asteroid it was like a um a probe yeah but it, it landed yeah but it landed in like this cave uh -huh. or like underneath a, a bunch of rocks so the sun can't get to it except mm -hmm. for at certain times yeah so when it can't get to it the solar panels can't make any energy and yeah. it turns off. So it dies. But then for part of the year, the asteroid turns and the sun can get there and it turns back on. Right. And they try to fuck with it. They're like, can we shoot the blasters and get it out of this hole? Mm -hmm. and oh my gosh. Well, and that's, a, that's assuming that wherever it is at that point, you're able to still get transmission from it. 
Well, I mean, I, I guess, think that this particular instance to. they can. But everything's done with radio waves and stuff. So. That's true. Well, and I guess there's no reason why you couldn't. We have Voyager, which is literally the farthest man-made uh, product, uh, man-made like object. That's just, it's. God, I can't. Even, I don't oh, know. It's, it's like it's it way just outside. Recently, went past the meteor thing. So, you have our solar system, right. which is made up of all of our planets and um, and like the stars and stuff. In the it, that's the Milky Way, right? Right. So at the end, at the edge of the Milky Way, there's like a ring of debris. Uh huh. Okay, and it it's super thick and it moves super fast. And what it does is it acts like a shield. Yeah. So all of the uh, radiation and deadly energy that's coming towards our galaxy, mm-hmm. it kind of gets broken up by this wall of asteroids. Yeah. But there's so much room in between things in space. They're so far apart yeah. that lots of shit can make it through easily. I... And this this probe thing made it through. Exactly. I don't think people can ever really grasp like just how much space there is, you know, when when you see these photos of like these artist depictions and such of like, just as you were saying, the asteroid belt and everything, it's like they, they obviously always make them look cluttered and really close. But what people don't realize is like, but you're talking on an astronomical scale now. Yeah. I mean, not, not as far as asteroids are concerned, not light years, but like there's a lot of space, just as you said, enough space for to make sure that something that you shoot up there into space doesn't hit, you know, hit, Anything. It won't hit anything. Well, you were telling me just a little while back, it blew my mind, guys, actually, that so we're in the Milky Way. Yes. But then, so the universe is made up of tons of galaxies. Yes, clusters and of galaxies. Yes. Galaxies are made up of tons of solar systems. Yes. Okay, so the Milky Way is a solar system. We're all with The Milky it. Way is a galaxy. The Milky Way is a galaxy. Yeah. And we have our solar system that lives in that. Yes. So there's another galaxy uh-huh. that's close to us. Mm-hmm. We're talking about billions of years away. Astronomically. Right. You know, but yeah. as far as space is concerned, it's the closest one to us. It's called Andromeda. Yes. Okay. So if you have like a plate on a table, that would be us. We're, we're going that way. And if yes. you put that plate on its side uh-huh. on the table... That's Andromeda. It's yes. like sideways to us. and we're, So we would be perpendicular to each other if we were up next to each other. Yes, currently, okay? yes. So we're rocking and rolling through space like that. Mm-hmm. Well, Adam brought to my attention that in about, what, four billion years or something like that? Roughly, yeah. Uh, Andromeda is going to totally fucking hit us, guys. Yep. We are on a crash course towards an entire other galaxy. In fact, if you look up during the sky, during the part of the year, which is usually winter for us over here, where um, whenever you can see the constellation of Orion with Orion's belt, if you look at the top left star of Orion and then go to the left and down a little bit, you'll see this really bright star that looks like it constantly keeps changing color. Like it kind of right? flickers. It flickers. You can see it, guys. It's the biggest star. It's not the North Star, though, right? It's not the it's North not Star. No. But it's like the biggest star in the sky very bright and it, it does kind of have a flicker yeah. effect to it. But what's really cool about that is just that when you're looking at that, that's not a star. That's a whole other it's galaxy. An entire galaxy. And it's full of and shit. it's and just to, so you guys understand how close it is, even if you were out in the middle of nowhere and you had no lights and you could see every star in the sky, everything you would be seeing would be stars in our Milky Way. Except for that one. Except for that one. Yeah. That's the only one that's not part of with our the naked galaxy. eye. With yeah. the naked eye. That's how huge it is. Mm-hmm. 
but well. We, but we are such at the edge of our galaxy, of the Milky Way galaxy, that when Andromeda actually ends up hitting us, it's not even going to affect us. That's what he was telling me, mm-hmm. is that, again, there's so much space yeah. in between objects in space mm-hmm. that even though a whole nother galaxy full of rocks and debris is going to collide with ours, yeah. there's a huge, huge, huge chance that our planet as Earth will never get hit by any of that. Yeah. It'll just go all around us, all... Yeah. Now, one thing that could possibly happen that I th- that I think we just I'm sure scientists have an idea and astronomers, but I've I've never looked into it is we know now that so we can measure gravitational waves, right? There was yeah. a yeah. Um, gosh, I can't remember I, I can't remember the name of the institution or where where it happened, what state, but there was this giant you know, piece of technology that was built that was able to measure gravitational waves and somewhere deep in space, two supermassive black holes collided and we were able to record that data. So I think there right? was actually um, some kind of like a string involved or something and the string moved. Like they actually were able to measure gravity, like you're saying. Right. Like they could physically measure. It actually was like a wave that hit over Her, our hit planet. Earth, yeah. And th- this machinery, whatever it is they built, mm-hmm. was able to actually detect that physical wave. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly yeah. what it was. Which was the first time ever. Yeah, the first time we were ever able to... We, uh, I believe it was... It was either Einstein or uh, Stephen Hawking that had the... Uh, the the gravitational wave theory. Right. And we all just kind of took it as like, oh, truth, because it fit in all the equations, right? But this was the first time this we were actually made it able actually to, physical. Yeah, we were able to record it. And so when you have a drama in the Milky Way that collide, um, a piece of information that's kind of new just within the last 10, 15 years is we know now that the giant white bright star looking thing that you see at the center of all of these galaxies are supermassive black holes. Yes, and, that's and been shown. So all galaxies are are just stars and rocks and ice and elements and everything else just circling around this supermassive black hole. Correct. And so what would happen if the Milky Way and Andromeda happened to collide? Well, you would ha- essentially have two supermassive black holes colliding, which are going to cause some kind of gravitational wave. So right. if we were able to detect two supermassive black holes from light years upon light years upon light years away colliding and being able to measure that here on Earth, imagine just a few hundred billion light years away just where the sun's at exactly yeah. and then that happening and it coming over to oh, us oh no it wouldn't be where the sun is at oh no, no the no, sun no, no, is no, no, no. our star that That's our planet's our star. orbit yeah but, but just the center of our galaxy billions of those in the ga- so the center of our galaxy of of the milky way yes is a giant black hole yes supermassive yes and that's all um galaxies yeah, that's all galaxies. So Andromeda, the center of Andromeda, is also a supermassive black so hole. So do you think with that knowledge that the center of the universe is a giant black hole too? Yeah. Obviously, right? It just keeps getting bigger. Well, and we've and we've talked about that before and I've found that this is a real theory that astronomers have is so I I specifically astronomers different scientists and astronomers describe it differently. But what I think happens is so let's start with like you have the big bang, right? Right. There's, you know, the big bang where everything explodes and creates the universe. Well, it's this idea that every black hole sucks in matter and deletes information. Those are specifically terms that are used when they describe black holes. Well, they're kind of the only thing in the universe that 
that is known to like delete information. Exactly. Once it goes in, it never comes out. So I have this theory that if you want to go off of like the belief of there being a fourth dimension and fourth dimensions, the way that those work is everything's constantly moving in and out of itself. So if you've seen a GIF of like the Tesseract cube, it looks like a cube that's just constantly moving in and out of it itself, right? So that would be the concept of a fourth dimension. And that's described in the way of a sphere by like a donut shaped looking object. Right. Constantly a sphere constantly moving in and out of itself. Almost looks like the infinity sign. Yeah, exactly. And so if you go off this theory of all these black holes are taking in all this matter and let's say it's all uh, conjugating in one spot. So all these black holes are actually going to one spot, which is this fourth dimensional space area that we're never able to get to. So then I would assume that once you get to a point, all of these black holes are colliding. So they're just getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger until really you just have this giant ass unfathomable supermassive black hole. Which in theory that, would have deleted everything. Exactly. Right? It it, suck up everything. So then you assume, let's say there's one more piece of matter. There's one more. Everything else is sucked up, but there's one more planet that has the remaining matter and elements and everything. Of the whole universe. Of the whole point. universe. Yeah. So once, and I believe matter is finite, so once that is sucked into that last bit of black hole and all that information conjoins into one spot, all this finite matter, that's just the tipping point for the universe to expand out again. Like a big bang. Like a big bang. So essentially, you're just constantly living in the a black hole, a black hole that's expanding, and then we suck in all the matter, and then we start the process over again. Well, that's interesting. So I've looked into that a little bit. I've actually heard the theory of we may be living in a giant black hole right. before. Um, and I think it's actually developed by real astronomers. Yeah. And it's one of those things they can't prove it, but they also can't disprove it. Mm-hmm. Right? So it stands. But it's kind of the concept of light is the fastest moving thing right. that we know of and exist in reality. Mm-hmm. Right? Nothing else moves faster than light. So... And even light cannot escape the power of a black hole. No. So the gravity of a black hole is so immense that the fastest thing in existence cannot escape it. Correct. So when you look out from where we are, Mm -hmm. space to us, what we call outer space, is black. Yes. Right? But it's full of energy. Yeah. shit shit tons of energy and that's in when outer you get space. into dark matter and so dark energy energy in our existence tends to turn into the form of light you can see it it especially when there's a lot of energy it bursts out it explodes in light right yeah so why wouldn't space be bright why wouldn't it be bright white yellow it's totally just immensely bright all the time there's that much energy out there mm-hmm. because it's all being sucked in it can't escape outward. So, so space is black. So that's where things like dark matter and dark energy come into play. And I'm those are two subjects that a lot I read a lot about it, but a lot of it's way over my head too. So if you were able to look at like a map of the universe, like a map that like we a flat have map. like a flat map of the okay. universe, which we've been able to map out for the most part, you know, just right. where everything's conjugating from. And if you look at it, it looks like a web, right? So you right. have these giant spaces, space. Every time we see space is just a pun today. These so giant areas. You have this yeah, you have these giant areas of space in between all of this webbing. And so the question came to be, well, 
why is everything conjugating into this webbing that we call the universe? And that's where things like dark matter and dark energy come into play, where it's this energy that exists there kind of pulsing. Think of it as like jello. Like all of space is right. made up of this jello and everything just kind of exists within that wobbly jello. A, a, a good way to describe it is people, in order to describe gravitational pulls, people will do this um, this demonstration where they'll take like a bungee sheet and they'll put it over like the, a trampoline or something, right? And then they'll take something heavy and put it in the center of the trampoline. And then they'll have like little balls going around it and showing like, oh, this is how an orbit works. Here's the gravity that this planet is pulling. So if you look at all of empty space as kind of this sheet that you can't see, this like jello that reacts, well, then it would make sense that everything gets pulled into itself and everything in space is falling. It's all falling towards something else. Yeah. It's it's not really being pulled because there's no up and no down in space. Correct. So everything's just just falling. Yeah. Um, in conjunction with others, that's really what it is. It's it's pretty nuts, mm-hmm. honestly. S- space is one of those crazy things to think about, man. There's and there's so much into it. Like I and it's, I meet people too who are you know scared of space. You know they don't. I think didn't you say you were one of those? people? I'm terrified of space. Yeah, I yeah. had another roommate who was also terrified of space, and it's like, but it, and it terrifies me too, but like in an exciting way. I love learning about because it it's oh, just no, so unfathomable. You know, it's crazy to think about that that exists in our life. Space exists. The things that happen in space exist. <laughs> so my understanding of of dark matter is so space is expanding, right? Right. And they and the thing that's interesting about the expansion of space is it's not losing any of its momentum. Right. So as it goes out usually things start to slow down as as they expand. Space is actually speeding up yes. as it expands. Every day that goes by, spe- space is expanding faster and faster and faster. Correct. So think of a balloon. So you have this balloon and you've blown maybe two or three breaths into it. It's real small, but it's start it's kind of it can prop itself up now, right? The little balloon. Right. So the plastic of the balloon would be like the edge of the solar system. Or right. I'm sorry, the edge of the universe. Okay? okay. The edge of everything. Right. So as you're blowing into the balloon to expand it, your breath would be the dark matter. Mm-hmm. So the dark matter is literally what fills the void. It's yeah. the information that comes to be once the universe expands. So every second it's shooting out faster and faster and faster. This dark matter is coming into existence to it to fill the void well that dark matter doesn't just it's not just a zero value filling the void it has its own energy that it creates we don't know why we don't know how but it does and it actually is theorized that that's what's helping to propel space faster and faster exactly propel it faster and then just as we were talking about earlier what keeps it in those webs and it's actually nice they use the balloon as an analogy because because we are actually, we've been able with our current technology and telescopes, we've been able to see the glow 
of the Big Bang, because the farther back you look into space is also the farthest back you're looking into time. Right, right? which is crazy. Yeah. That's why it's called space-time. Exactly. Space-time continuum. So we've been able to see so far into space, or I don't know if it's being able to see or just being able to collect data from way mm-hmm. far into space, but we've been able to collect this data that shows the glow of the Big Bang, and that's how we have the proof that the looks universe like a is a... Yeah, it looks like a balloon, a red balloon. Yeah. It's great. Um, <laughs> but it's just this, like, reddish, like... The way that somebody described it was, like, this reddish, like... The pictures look super grainy, obviously. It's just data that's collected oh, sure. and creates a picture. But it, it's very interesting, you know? So so we're, we're pretty confident at this point that there was a starting point. And the way that my... My black hole theory, I think, differs from other astronomers out there, from the ones that I've read, is the astronomers who have that theory of us living in a black hole think that every black hole is like the start of a different universe with different laws and different physics. The very center of it would be the next Big Bang. I don't believe that. I believe there's just one. There is just us. And all these black holes just constantly keep recycling uh energy and matter and create so where another did the, universe. Where did those, let's say it started with 100 billion small black holes and now we're down to 1 billion larger ones. That's like, where did those first black holes come from? Were they just a glitch in the system? Well, I, I think that's beyond us. You know, I think because now you're talking about more fifth dimensional So they were almost than... purposely put into place by whatever created this to make a recycling system. And that's why religion will never go away. Because you'll, you'll never be able to kind of really explain, you know, like, well, so let's say we get to a point where we're able to prove, right, that all the black holes come together and suck in all the matter and energy and create another universe. And it's just us, right, constantly recycling ourselves. Right. Well, the next, the next point after that is like, okay, well, just as you said, why does it do that? What started this black hole in the first place? And then as we evolve as as in human intelligence evolves and the human species evolves, we'll have theories for that. Maybe they're just whirlpools in the, in the, in space, dude, instead of in the ocean. Maybe we give them all this grandiose, like godlike power right. of creating universes and stuff, because we have no idea what they are. Right. What if they're just specks of rice in the universe that are so dense that it creates a whirlpool around it? This could be, we it's could just, just not even that big of a deal. We could just be inside of an atom and this is how atoms behave. What if you could literally stand on the middle of a black hole. Like, there is a middle to it. Yeah. And you're just well so stretched be. out by the time you get there, you'd be dead. But. Oh, Matthew, I have to show you the movie Interstellar. It, is that like, the one with, uh, what's your face? Matthew, well, Matthew McConaughey. Oh. Oh, you're thinking of Gravity with Sandra think, Bullock. Yeah, Sandy yeah. B. No, no, Interstellar, like, literally. Matthew McConaughey did a space movie? Oh, it's a fantastic space movie, my friend. Really? Like, it, it is easily. You're talking about, like, Dazed and Confused, Matthew McConaughey, right? Yes. Like, it is easily like probably my favorite movie. Really? Like in my top three. What's it called? It's called Interstellar. Why haven't I seen it? I don't know. Why haven't you seen it? Maybe we should watch oh, it today. Space scares but the shit out of me. It, it has to do with pretty much everything we've been talking about today. Um, we we actually haven't even talked about it yet, but it it starts. The movie starts with like the Earth is dying because of climate change. Humans fucked it up. Of course. And so that actually brings me to a topic I want to ask you about because I don't think you and I have ever discussed this. But do you think the cl- climate change is a big 
uh, subject right now. Yeah, right? it's very hot. So mm-hmm. do hot you th- topic? Yeah, hot no topic. <laughs> <laughs> so do you think that this is just a natural progression, a natural change within the earth, or do you think we humans and our society is causing this climate change? Um. Okay. So I think that it is a natural cycle. Okay. I think we find ourselves in a very key point in time in the Earth's lifespan where the poles are shifting okay. while we are still alive. Yes. Usually that takes so long, hundreds of thousands of years, okay? And it's not like they shift overnight. They don't just go, bloop, we're shift today. Right. Okay. They do it over the course of time. So normally... It's about 28, every 28,000 years. Okay, 28,000. Maybe yeah. not hundreds of that, but 28,000. Yeah. So like... Everyone who's ever lived as a human hasn't had to deal with that because humanity hasn't been around for 28,000 years, right? right? So we're the first humans who are going to have to deal with it. So we've already seen ice ages happen, at, I think, at least twice. Well, and there, and there been were, two of them. And I think people existed for one of them. For so the I first we one, may have seen we did. One of them. So I think to answer your question, it is a natural cycle. I don't think it's a phenomenon that we're creating, but I do think that we are speeding up the process. Okay. So that's we are fair. making a natural thing happen Much faster than, it, than should. it should. Yes. Okay. Which may be the reason why it's so dramatic with right. storms and, and and destruction and maybe the earth meant to get to that point over a lot slower. Maybe it was supposed to get two degrees hotter over a hundred years. Right. Whereas we made it two degrees hotter in 10 years. Right. Just to make up some numbers. You know what I mean? So that freaked the ocean out. It kills a lot of shit. Things don't have time to adapt to the changes. Mm -hmm. This is, this is one of those subjects that is so hard to really grasp and get some information on. Cause there was a time about, I think this was about a year and a half ago now, but there was a time I was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to do the research. I'm going to look at all the information that I can in regards to climate change and if humans are causing it, if it's the planet doing it, and really try to come up with you know my own solid opinion on it based off of you know right. what I would at least well, find. It's just such a gray area, dude. It really is. Because on one hand, so first of all, it's super hard to find any argument. Uh, about humans not creating climate change. Of course. Very hard. Like We're I, very vain. We're vain I, creatures. Yes, we think I, we do everything. I had to get into like page 10 of Google <laughs> to find anything in regards to that, which some people would argue, well, that's because, you know, that shit is fallacy. But I would argue that Google has a narrative. But I mean, that's another right. story. That's a different story. But anyways... <clears throat> So I finally found these articles, and it actually led me to a documentary also that uh, another fellow millennial friend of mine had information or had owned. Right. Owned is the word I was looking for. And we watched it, and it was just that. It was this argument that humans are not creating climate change. And one particular uh, – these are notable people like scientists and uh, meteorologists and people who study climate and – and one of them took the graph that Al Gore showed during his what was it the unexpected truth the unfortunate truth something like that. Oh, I know like you're that. talking about yeah. But that the real whole famous one. Yeah, the whole thing about global warming back when we called it global warming. But he showed that chart truth. that what the unfortunate truth something like that. Yeah, something like that. 
or the inconvenient the truth. The inconvenient truth. That's what there it was. It is. Okay. That was it. Woo, I feel better. <laughs> I do too. That was a way about me. <laughs> but anyway, so they showed the graph that he was referring to that showed how much CO2 levels were rising within the past like 10, 20 years, whatever the graph was showing. Right. And he was showing, you know, and then he was going back so many like hundreds of years and showing like, look, it's never been that high. It's always been at this point. And now all of a sudden during this industrial, new industrial revolution we have, we're seeing just this rise of CO2 levels. Well, now you had these climate specialists that were showing like, well, here's the fall graph. And they were showing back to like the ice age, the most recent ice age. And they were showing that CO2 levels where they're at right now were actually like tripled. And the, they were tripled the entire time through the ice age. And then it dropped back down when there was another tilt in the earth you know when yeah, the like it's a natural tilted. cycle like it's a natural cycle so and then there were they had other people on too that were saying that when they would try to argue these points of like their job they would they were literally getting fired from their job from trying to argue these points and then one of the things that they were showing too was the argument of climate change has always been like oh there's i believe the numbers like 77 percent of scientists agree that climate change is a thing and then they were showing the data on those 77% of scientists and how a good majority of them weren't even like meteorologists or climate specialists. Uh, like They're like psychologists. Yes, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, some of them might have been, you know, very notable scientists and in, in knowledgeable scientists in their field. But, but their the, field had nothing to do with The argument climate. is, but it wasn't climate. Right. You know, so... But then you go back and you read the stuff that argues that humans are the cause of it, and you look the, and you look at the data of how much emissions the human race just as a total well, put out, and you look at what's happening in places like <laughs> China right now. And it's, see, we're golden, me and you, because we live in a we live in a very fortunate state when global true. warming hits. We're in Arizona. That's true. And uh, Southern California, Arizona, and New Mexico, that whole region, mm -hmm. I think parts of Texas too, we're all under an ocean yeah. in like the prehistoric days. Yeah. Um, so much so that you can actually, my dad used to do this as a kid in, um, I think it was Texas, you could go in your backyard right. and you could dig. And if you digged far enough down, you'd actually start to find fossils, um, little pieces of rocks with little fossilized creatures on them. That makes sense. If you actually walk into the desert in Arizona and just like look down at the ground, like especially on more mountains, you you find, you'll find seashells and shit. Yep, you yeah. can find those out here. It's crazy, but it's because we used to be an ocean yeah. and all that shit is under the ground now. Mm -hmm. um, so when global warming hits again, who do you think's becoming an ocean again, Adam? <laughs> Us. We're going to be tropical, rainforest, fucking good to go, dude. Oh, my gosh. You're Everyone right. else is going to freeze, and they're all going to be coming here. You're right. Mm -hmm. But also on the subject of climate change, though, you know, so I, I guess the final opinion that I formed was that I, I think I'm more where you're at, where I don't think humans are necessarily causing it, I, but I don't think we're helping anything. And yeah. I'm such and I'm such an advocate for clean energy and moving, you know, the human society towards that direction more that if arguing that climate change is what's doing that as far as humans causing climate change, if that's what's going to get that done, fine, I'll jump on the well, wagon. Look at it this way. So human beings are incredible. We can build incredible things. We can build an entire city like Phoenix, right? right? Let's say it takes us, let's say we're really doing amazing and it takes us 50 years to build Phoenix, okay, a 10 million 
population city. Right. All right. Now you can take that city and put it on a coast somewhere, and Mother Nature, our our planet, has like five to eight different ways that it can wipe that entire city out within yes. hours. Yes. So it has tornadoes. It has hurricanes. It has um, earthquakes. Mm-hmm. It has uh, volcanoes. The, the list goes on and on. There's probably six to ten different ways that the earth can wipe out an entire city oh, yeah. within hours. Oh, yeah. So who the hell are we to think that we have enough power to affect a global cycle such as global warming? And that's always kind of Come my, on. that's always been kind of my argument also. Mother Nature is gigantic compared yes. to us. Be And that, and going back with like the space thing, that's what I mean. It's like all of this stuff, it's unfathomable. You you cannot fathom the size of the earth. That's why it kills me with flat earthers. I, I'm not even going to that. That's a whole other fucking oh, spectrum. Let's not get on to flat earthers <sighs> here. But anyways, but you, you just can't fathom the size of of the universe and everything that's going on and everything that's around. Like you just, you can't fathom it. So to to assume that we are like making that crazy of an impact, look, maybe we are, but like I said, I'm not arguing against global warming. We, we we're not helping anything. Right. But yeah, man, you have to, your brain wants to think that we are the designers of our world, right? We create our own future. We are, we are man. We have yeah. the frontal lobe. Mm-hmm. So to think that there could be a force that's not religious, right? Like an actual force that you can scientifically prove, like Mother Nature. A force of nature, yeah. That could just wipe us out. Yeah. We hate that. We mm-hmm. do not accept that We're as like, human nope. beings. It's either us or nothing. Us or not- <laughs> but in reality, man, there's whole islands that people can live on, pop out of the ocean. Yes. Because of God knows what. A volcano, mm-hmm. a, the crust opened up, an entire... Titanic plates, yeah. There's... And just the same whole mountains melt into nothing and are yes. gone after 100 years. Mm-hmm. Whereas they were something, you know, they could have been the 10th biggest mountain in the world. Yeah. And now they're totally gone. Exactly. We would never have been able to mine that mountain gone in 10 years. Mm-hmm. But Mother Nature can erode it away. Yep. So it's so much more powerful than us. Yeah, it's, you're you're right. It's, it comes back to man's arrogance, and and, and like, well, we, and it's a good thing too. It, it helps, is. It helps it us is. to survive. There's, just like with everything, there's an advantage and disadvantage. And as I've always said, you know, and this goes back to the universe and man also is just life is about balance. You know, it really it's is. Like understand the things you do have control over, and understand the things that you may want to have control over, but you really don't. And at the end of the day, if you are stressing more about using plastic than the damage plastic is doing to the earth, then you're just hurting yourself. Exactly. Like the stress is going to be worse than the actual outcome at a certain point. Exactly. Be happy, everybody. Just be happy, guys. Just be happy. Well, damn! I think uh, I think we have reached we have reached our limit for the day, Matthew. I think that was the quickest podcast. I was really into that. Yeah, one, that that went by fast. It I was thought, great. Well, we checked the time, guys. We thought we were at maybe. I thought we were at like maybe forty minutes. I thought maybe. we were about half an hour. Yeah, and then we were like, oh, we're at an hour. Well, then. 
well, well, let us know if you want to hear more about space, guys. We yeah. still have a lot of more, a uh, lot more subjects about it. Yeah, we do, and it's definitely something we enjoy talking about. And so I'm, I'm sure it'll come up again. Wait until we get into religion. That's a fun one. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for listening. Remember, you can follow us on all the uh, social media platforms. Uh, we'll have this up on SoundCloud. I was not able to get the one from yesterday up on SoundCloud, but I'll make sure that's up there today if you haven't uh, heard it yet. Um, and remember, we still have our GoFundMe going, uh, www.gofundme.com forward slash Hardly Millennial. And like, comment, subscribe, and we really appreciate everybody's support. We hope you guys enjoyed this Space Talk podcast with Matthew and I. <laughs> and if you guys have uh, stuck with us to the very end of this particular video, we do just want to give you a little bit of a teaser here. Um, be on the lookout for another actual video up soon, guys. Yes. Uh, Sometime, I think Adam's shooting for sometime early this next week. Yeah, sometime early this next week. I have time today and tomorrow to work on it. So we'll just see how that we goes. A, but we have a little vlog project that might just be coming to your eyes yeah, soon. Yeah, exactly. Within the week for sure, though. Within the week for sure. All right, guys. We will catch you on the next one. Yep. Have a lovely day, everybody.